That was Bite the Boxer with Battleship, their latest single. I love it. Yeah, he was in touch with me recently. I'm so glad I found them. Bite the Boxer, find them on Bandcamp, and they came up with an album too, and we're going to hear that next week. But my name is Karin Zoe Lee, and you're listening to Night Ride FM. Tonight is the episode where I bring you the lovely people behind Night Rider 87. No relation. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. In the meantime, I have some new singles from some of my favorite artists. Brand new. Uh, Power Rob and Ends84 did a collab, and we're going to be the first to hear it. This is a song called Thunder.
Ends 84 featuring Power Rub, of course, on power vocals for this track. Thunder comes out tomorrow, so keep your eye on Bandcamp. Ooh, I've got another new one for you. Midnight Hi-Fi sent me this one. I believe this one comes out tomorrow, too. This is a track called Taking Off. Hold on to your seats.
That was Midnight Hi-Fi with Taking Off. Ooh, I'm a little ear. Your hair settled down. Let the wind calm down. And we're going to play this one that Retro Reverb Records sent me from Laser Squad, Dreamwave. This is a track called Dreaming in Dog Years.
squad with dreaming in dog ears from retro reverb records awesome thanks guys so i got one more before i introduce my guest two more songs before the interview i have one from outland records one of their new artists laura dre has this new single this is called moving spaces
was Moving Spaces by Laura Dre from Outland. Awesome. So are we ready to just dig into some Knight Rider 87? I'm going to play some music first. I'm going to play, why not, the titular track from their 2019 EP, Arcade Nights.
that was Arcade Nights by Night Rider 87. And I have here with me tonight three guests of the hour, Night Rider 87. Folks, uh, go ahead and go around and introduce yourselves. Uh, I, I'm Steven, part of Night Rider 87. We have Anthony and Stephanie with us, who are also part of Night Rider 87. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm so glad you could make it, all three of you. We're glad to be here, Karen. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. So, yeah, was there a person that started Night Rider 87? How did uh, they come to be? Yeah, it's... That one. <laughs> um, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> no, it's not a mess. Uh, it's... it's The only thing I could liken it to is, like, it's like a group project, and there's, like, a ring leader, but there's a lot of friends, and there's been a lot of people involved. And right now, we, I'd say, are the performers and main drivers of Night Rider is us here. But there's been a lot of other friends and, and people involved who have helped us get to this point, so... Uh, we're excited, and this is what we're doing moving forward. And it's having fun with it. Exactly. I'm glad to hear it. So, are you Night Rider 87 because you're such a big fan of Night Ride FM? Is that where it's <laughs> coming from? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, of course. course. <laughs> Lie to me. Yeah, would, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be any other way. <laughs> no, it, it, I do. I always find it funny that. that it stumbled when I first stumbled on on you guys. It was like, what the heck? There's a radio show called Night Ride. I'm like, this <laughs> like is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and ever since then, I was bugging Z. I'm like, we're we're gonna be your guys' poster child, <laughs> Night Rider <laughs> of Night Ride FM. So we're always always joking around. It it it's so fun to be part of this community, though, for sure. You guys have all been a blast, all of you. I, I don't have this many people on with me very often. <laughs> It's, it's a lot to handle. We definitely probably have a lot to handle ourselves. <laughs> just, just like the project. <laughs> yep. You know what's funny? There's an artist. I think they're either they're a duo or a trio called Night Ride Station. Really? Okay. Like that's the name of their band? <laughs> Imposters. Yes. No, <laughs> but that's so funny to be Night Ride FM and Night Rider, and then have something called Night Ride Station. I did not know that. Now I'm gonna have to go check that out. Yeah. It better not be better than us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so not only do we have a Night Rider 87, but uh, Anthony, you have your own um, synthwave side project, Star Court, mm-hmm. and that's that's recent. I believe on Halloween we heard uh, the the one track you have released out so far, The Hunted, and we'll be hearing that later. Yep. So is that just uh, because you needed a solo project? Um. Yeah. I mean, there there was stuff, you know, ideas I had that wouldn't really fit into the Night Rider stuff, and I've kind of wanted to do a, a, my own thing too on the side for a bit so i just decided to start that up just kind of having fun with it awesome yeah are you working on anything yeah i plan on having an ep done by the summer like a full full ep and i should be releasing a new song within the month awesome stephanie yeah have you uh have you been on any other projects or bands before no, I have not really been involved with anything like in the scene unless it's kind of like with Steven. I've actually been part of Night Rider 87 on the back end and the behind scenes since it started in our garage. So that's been super fun. But um, Steven does have a few other projects that he works on under a different name. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to out him but um i've helped him put out a few songs there but my interaction has not been so out there 
I mean, are you involved in music because your husband's involved or would you have done it or were you doing it before him? Um, I've always been pretty involved with music. Just love to sing, love to get creative. And um, a long time ago, I used to be a part of the raver scene. (laughs) How we met, actually. (laughs) Many years ago. But I just, I just love music, and I think that I have a knack for kind of finding where interesting noises or instruments should be, rather than actually like writing it. But I've always been a singer on the low key back end side of things, but never out there <laughs> until Teams came out. <laughs> yeah, but are you a, are you a songwriter too? Um. I have written songs, but nobody's ever heard them. Okay. (laughs) But there just has never been the opportunity for me to actually get out there and put music into a recording and actually do something with it. Oh, well, now you can. Oh, yeah. Now I can. (laughs) Watch out, everybody. (laughs) She's lucky she has an awesome husband and an awesome friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Our garage is is like a whole entire like music lab. I would say studio, but I mean it's it's literally like a lab of so many different music instruments and equipment that you could go out there and create just about any style of music. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. So uh, when was Night Rider eighty seven established officially? I think July ish of twenty nineteen. Okay, that's when we put our EP. We had made something well i guess maybe even before that put out a single like april maybe of 2019 didn't start writing really under that name till maybe january of 2019 with another friend of mine i just kind of got grown from there uh, we put our first ep and then right after that uh we were playing shows thanks to to Chaz and and psych you know we, which we just watched the other night um and the whole crew over at, at sin city pdx uh, they've been a huge proponent of us to be able to play shows and open up some really awesome acts like let them riot which was a ton of fun so to have the opportunity and the portland community in itself is just such an awesome music community no matter what kind of music you're into everyone kind of knows everybody for reals and it's it's a really tight-knit community but yet it's huge at the same time it's a a totally different world i'm sure seattle scene is kind of like that but i I think most pacific northwest communities in general are just kind of like that you know we're we realize we're all family and we're not out to step on top of each other yeah we're just all out there having fun we want to support each other and stuff so um so just being part of those guys and those guys have really helped push us into the the forefront of things and and really help kick off our career so we have a lot indebted to, to those guys and all of our other friends who've also been hardworking. but yeah so we played a couple shows right after our album release and it just kind of took off from there and then a couple singles and we're on the compilation for for sin city you know we were looking forward to 2020 playing a bunch more shows we had a bunch of stuff lined up since city was getting ready to (laughs) (laughs) covid and now the world's all crazy right now i was gonna show up for all of it too because when i saw you on uh the synth valley stream fest oh yeah man like i knew you were on the lineup for neon rose that was friday saturday sunday I think we played the Sunday show. Yeah, I, yeah. I made it to the Seattle one, but I had just come back from London. Oh. Over yeah. there. So you Hanging in with uh, Forge and Neon and Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> yeah. Ollie Very Ride cool. was was uh, having his first performance in the Rise of the Synths film was happening that weekend so yeah a lot of us were there and uh i flew back 
goodness, earlier in the week, but then like Neon Rose happened the same week. And I went to the Seattle leg of the show mm-hmm. and I just, I, I crashed. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. make it through that night. And then when I saw you on Synth Valley Stream Fest, I was like, oh, I should have just made myself go somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's hard. It's easier, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty kind of thing. But I mean, even I remember by, because we would gone every, we were up there in Seattle and for both Portland shows, uh, we only played one of the shows. But I mean, mm-hmm. by by Sunday night when we were getting ready to play, we were like just drained. It was a it'd been a long weekend, you know, driving yeah. up to Seattle, coming mm-hmm. back, like sp- crashing for a couple hours, and then getting back up and going to the show Sunday or Saturday night, and then be up in the morning to practice and make sure our sets dialed for for Sunday night. Uh, it was it was a lot, and I couldn't imagine coming back from another country and the jet lag and the time change even more so than just mm-hmm. that. So uh, I feel you. I can understand. Man, I wanted to. It was fun. We got through it. We did. It was it was a blast. It was it was cool to see all everybody play every day. There was a lot of good good uh, performers. So yeah, I mean everybody just kept on blowing me away day after day. Cool to, cool to see Betamax and watch over snakes. Yeah. yeah. System ninety six. Yep. I love System ninety six. Yeah, Dream Reaper. That was a lot of fun yep. too. <laughs> the and he took down the table. It was awesome, moment. It was. It was fantastic, and just the way he, I kept playing exactly on the floor. It was he, he pulled it off so well. It was it was awesome. I don't, I don't even know what I would have done. What happened? So he was playing, and like the the whole table he was on, the entire thing like tipped over and crashed, like with all the gear on it and everything. It was like propped up on cinder blocks. Yep, yep. <laughs> you had to raise it up, and he just kept going. Yeah, it was it was awesome. That didn't interrupt anything? It, it didn't, and then they end up having, like, when they were, like, picking the table back up while, like, stuff was playing, it got disconnected, and we ended up restarting it all. But, like, for, a, like, probably a minute, it was on the floor, <laughs> just keeping it going. <laughs> it was awesome. It was really cool. That was a, it was a ton of fun. I know. Yeah, it was awesome. He is a cool, cool dude, too, Troy and Dream Reaper. Like I said, the, the whole Portland crew, I, I really enjoy those guys every time we go out and even just hang out outside of music stuff. They're they're such an awesome group of people to be with. Yeah. So Super thanks cool. you guys.
I gotta ask, when did music begin for you at all? Not just synthwave. Oh my gosh. Uh, when we could walk. <laughs> what? Yeah, ne- nearly. I figured uh, it was something like so that. Steven was born, you see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happened at some point in my life. Um, no. It's <laughs> crazy. A mini guitar. I don't know how it happened. Um, <laughs> uh, so my, my dad owned a studio and uh, a small record label down in LA and that's kind of what I was born into so like literally as I could walk we were I was in the studio so I I've been blessed with an opportunity to grow up in the music scene and see it from all sides we moved up to here in to Portland in like 95 and even then after we moved up here my dad started another label up here you know and and started um, producing bands from Portland and things so like I've always been involved i remember i was like probably 12 years old when i actually started recording my own music like i asked my dad if i can use the studio to like just write write music and uh, uh it's kind of taken off from there and gone haywire ever since but it's been a fun journey uh i've enjoyed doing it and i'm so glad i can able to do it with uh, some of my very close friends and my wife who knows where it'll take us next just enjoying the ride yeah <laughs> did you start on the synthesizer piano was it your first instrument that that was uh we had a we had a keyboard, uh, and I loved playing that. I, I was, I felt like always drawn to that. It just more, more natural for me. Uh, but then I ended up getting a guitar and playing guitar for a while, and that was fun. And it was even like it had, I wouldn't call it quite metal, like hardcore band in high school kind of a thing, playing music. But it's always been a thing, and that's a one of the things I've, I've grown to learn that I, I can really appreciate about myself. Like, oh, I can play. I'm not good at anything. I'm not proficient in like one thing or the other. But I'm like, oh, okay, I can play a little bit of everything, which helps me figure out how pieces work together kind of thing I'm like okay you would never play this way on a guitar because you don't play guitar that way or you know kind of something like that i'm like oh it makes a little more sense why these go together in this arrangement or this way uh like i said i've just been blessed with the opportunity to be to have been grown up in that and, and learn all kinds of stuff even just on not just on production side and playing instruments but also like the business side and all the things that go along with that it's not it's not just like writing music sometimes it's like marketing and all these other facets that go with it and it's it's a lot of work and i'm sure all the people <laughs> yeah. and i'm sure all the people in the the synth community could attest to that They're like yeah. oh yeah it's all the work that has to go into it. it's not just writing music which you know it'd be awesome to just do that and have be able to pay for somebody else to do the rest of it but and so that's really helped me you know drive us to where we're at today and with my other projects and stuff is just like Oh, it's not just doing one thing. It's like you have to be a little bit skilled in everywhere or at least know something about it. And then the other key, I think, is just, you know, when people are struggling to write and things like that, just perseverance, keep on pushing through. There's days where every Everyone artist gets feels, those off days or off yep, days, you know? And you feel like you're like, I could never write anything good in my life. I'm the worst producer in the world or musician in the world or whatever. And then the next day you're on top of the world because you're like, oh, I just wrote something amazing. You know, so it's like, don't don't give up in those in those points of doubt or whatever. You know, just keep on persevering and pushing through. It's almost like the bigger you are, the more negative feedback you're going to get. So it's like the more you grow as a musician, the more you're going to hear those negative comments. But you have to be prepared for that, you know? Exactly. To, to not let it affect you in any way. Yep. Hmm. Starcourt. Howdy. Starcourt. Where did your musical journey begin? How old were you? I'd say I was very young, probably um, three or four. Because I, I grew up, so my mom, uh, she used to work for capitol records back in like the very early 80s 
and oh, wow. art, artist relations. So I grew up with her. I basically just lived with my mom as a kid. She kind of raised me on all the all the big 80s groups, you know, like Wasp and Molly Crew and Twisted Sister, Judas Priest, like all the all the 80s metal bands. Because that's what she was into. And I grew up as a metal head. And then when I got to be, I think it was about 12 when I started playing guitar. And then, um, yeah, from there, this kind of went through, started with, you know, playing Led Zeppelin songs like everyone who first starts playing guitar and started getting into metallica like eighth grade and then the bands i started listening to got heavier and heavier but i've always been into pop and even metal from the 80s and i love i'm a 80s horror collector so i got a lot of horror movies from back in the day so yeah after after that i kind of got into playing in bands when i was 15 or yeah 15 16 and then i got hooked up with a really good guitar teacher and then i was in his band briefly and then i've just been in a bunch of bands over the years probably the biggest band i was in in was a local band called Boudica. they were pretty known locally in portland and you had had a pretty good following like even globally so but you know that kind of ended and then took a break from music for a little bit and then started writing my own stuff yeah i mean me and steven always talked about doing something over the years but we just never the schedules never really aligned right so kind of caught knight rider when it was really early and then he kind of showed showed me a couple songs that they were going to put out i really liked it and just took off from there cool
All right. So tell us about the new track, Among the Stars. Uh, the guys over at Pure Synth uh, reached out to us, told us they had an idea for a compilation, um, and they had some other artists uh, on board already. That the idea for the compilation was like travelers and space travelers. For this one, we kind of just dug into the archives of things that we had previously just wrote little ideas for and had worked on at some point. And this track actually kind of just stemmed from like a four-bar loop that we had written probably over a year ago. We we tried to write some things from scratch, but like nothing was really fitting the theme of the track that we were writing and it just didn't work. So we found this track and we kind of built the rest of the track around this little four-bar loop that we had. The rest of the song kind of just grew out, out from that. And ended up landing on name and, you know, doing a little mastering on it and sending it off. And really happy with the way it turned out. It was a ton of fun to play live. They had a live stream compilation where everybody kind of played a live version of their track. And we did that. And that was a ton of fun doing that. It's always a pleasure having uh, Anthony playing guitar live on our on our live streams. It, I think it brings such a new dynamic to all of our songs. And it, it's, it's such a joy. Thanks, Anthony. You're, you're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. I enjoy playing with you, too. Aww. <laughs> so what's what's coming up for Knight Rider 87? Uh, we're working on a soundtrack for a comic book, as, as funny as that sounds. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, we've done a couple little teasers on our, on our Instagram and our Twitter and stuff. Um, probably as we get cl- draw close to the release date, we'll probably uh, do some more. Um, I don't want to give too much stuff away yet, but that's that's coming out soon-ish. Um, we also have a couple collabs in the pro- in the in the works, trying to make happen, and uh, definitely want to work on an album or working on an album, you know, for this year. But it it's really hard to put an album out without getting lost in the noise when you can't go tour it or at least go promote it. So we're trying to kind of see which yeah. which what way things go this year. The single, the whole things of like releasing singles works really well for artists right now. Mm-hmm. It's not a commitment kind of thing, but it's like, oh, you can kind of tease a bunch of different stuff and kind of lead up to an album. But like a whole album release is, you know, obviously a really big deal for a lot of artists and us included. And when you can't go promote it or go physically be there in front of people, it's just hard to get it out there and not, there's just so much noise kind of going on right now. So it's hard to not get yeah. lost in that when you can't go, like playing a shows is a, is a totally different world, right? Like we can connect with the people that are listening to our music kind of a thing and be more personable. It's just a, it's such a different environment. So we, we definitely want to wait till things really start opening up before we go do a full album. But we'll definitely be releasing some singles. Like I said, work on the soundtrack kind of thing because that, that's that's awesome. So so excited to be doing that. Um, and you'll see be seeing more about that soon. But singles and some collab tracks, I think, is the, the plan for right now. And we'll keep some stuff teasing for an album later this year. Awesome. And uh, Starcourt, you said you had an EP coming out? Yeah, I'm hoping to shoot for middle of the summer. So it's just a matter of timing. I got I got a couple other side music projects going on at the moment, too. It's just a matter of, you know, fitting in time. And then also, we're still doing Night Rider. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, you know, just going with the flow. Do you, do you guys, like, both help with both projects or... Is there Starcourt yeah. thing kind of a hands off, or how's that work? No, it's it's definitely Starcourt's definitely more my thing, you know, writing wise, and then Stephen will give ideas of what he would think, you know, might sound better mixing wise. Because I always I for Starcourt I always write all the material, but sometimes he'll give me a little hint every here and there, arrangement or 
you know, something something small that might fit in that will work better. But I'd say we kind of help each other out. We've always kind of been that way. We've been friends for a long time, so. Absolutely. We, we we're, finally... not, we're not too prideful to be like, oh, you know, this is my thing. Like, it only has to be this way, you know. I'm. We're pretty open when it comes to hearing another perspective. So, especially when it's someone that knows what they're talking about. And that, I think that's the difference is, right, like, we, we've known each other for so long, like, I can trust his judgment. When he said something sounds not right or off or is bad, like, I'm like, okay, you're you're obviously right. You don't just say that because of whatever, you know, it, you're actually trying to give constructive feedback because uh, yeah. you, you want it to be better. And that's the thing. So yeah, you, but... you, we push each other to be better. Um, and, no, absolutely. So StarCourt's definitely his thing. I give a little bit of input here and there, just kind of helping with some things. It's very minor. But the Knight Rider thing is definitely... It's a, it's like I said it earlier. It's a collaborative effort. Like I couldn't be where we're at today without either Stephanie or Anthony's help, and and our other friends too have been involved in the project before. There's a lot of musical ideas going around, and I try to take all of that and filter it. And that's why I say like it's like a group project, and I just I'm the ringleader is like the best way I can put it. You know, there's not just like one mastermind behind it. It's not like all my stuff and Anthony adds a little bit. No, it's 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 me and it's even Steven, Steven, Steven the marketer. <laughs> <laughs> like it's got to sound like this we got to put it together like this and so yeah. you know I, I have some of the vision stuff but it's definitely like i said a, a group effort and stephanie's been involved with all the tracks from the beginning and anthony has you know our, our first live shows you know anthony was there for playing with those and like stephanie said earlier we got a studio in our house and it's sometimes it's just easier to work on stuff here which and we live close so it's yeah not, i mean he's right down the street and so comes over <laughs> right and comes over we'll just sometimes we'll we'll get in the studio with nothing specific in mind maybe not even right writer and we'll like we'll come up with something and we're like oh this would sound good for great this you know or something or whatever and yeah there's been times where we even just got together and you know i would show him some stuff i was working on he'd show me some stuff he was working on then it would just turn into a jam where <laughs> we're yeah playing beats on top of each other and it's a ton you of know? fun and you build some really cool yeah. organic Stuff and that's what I, I like to think is um, something we can do well is, is find that like organic like a natural rhythm a band has versus just like somebody producing, mm -hmm. and that's what gives us kind of that edge or something a little bit different from from everybody else. Yeah, I'd like to think we we bring more of a band element into it because we're both kind of versed in that that field. So me especially, I, I've probably been quite a few more metal bands than Stephen has, but I know more I bands know. in general. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs>
So let's see. So Anthony was eighties metal. That's that's been your influence musically. Yeah. Let's say. So uh, what about what about you, Stephen? Uh, musical influence. I honestly can't point to one thing or another. I I really I know people always say oh I listen to everything. No, I I really do listen to everything. Like sometimes for cl- palate cleansers when I'm trying to get out of a certain groove. Like sometimes because like I said I've got other projects outside of this that are not just synthwave. Like sometimes I'll be writing for that and I'll fall back into the groove of synthwave and and not this like one thing it's just easy for me like it's like my home kind of thing I I like that so it's easy to just fall back into that. Uh, and it's and it's also really good. So like some of these melodies or things that we're coming up with, I'm like, oh, that would be great for this. And so I, I fall back into that. I feel like sometimes too easily. Uh, so sometimes as like a palate cleanser, I will just listen to noise music. You know, like Mersbau, Pulse Demon is like one of my favorite noise albums. And I'll sit and listen to that for a while, like a few days on end, to like really get the idea of like what music is, kind of, and try to think about it a little bit differently. And then I can come back with a freshly cleansed palate and start writing new music, kind of thing. It's like when you eat sushi and you're getting ready to change like the types of sushi. You eat some ginger to like cleanse your palate and have a little bit you know, different flavors. Uh, so I, I try to do that <laughs> to keep things interesting. And I really can't point to, to one thing or another. I mean, I, I think one of maybe more of the heavily influences that come out for me is like early 2000s. I was DJing trance music. Trance. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I, I, love, I love trance too, though. So. Right. And uh, to be, I feel like that era... The Millennium Trance, where like there's all kinds of Even amazing tracks coming stuff, out. It was so good, right? Like that was what led into that, and it was awesome in that to grow up in that and like to. Do to you remember Eiffel 65? Oh yeah, oh, hell no. yeah. <laughs> like when that when that album came out, or when I first saw that video, I was I think it was, was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it was 99. So yeah, I think it was 10. And there's really? so much influence in that in synthwave too, right? Here, making myself old. <laughs> you are old, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're older than me. <laughs> I was in high me. school, so. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so I feel like some of that stuff is my roots. That like old dance music and that, like Stephanie said earlier, the rave scene kind of stuff is probably the heaviest influence. But honestly, I try not to stick into one genre or another. Like I think there's a lot of amazing elements from other genres that can be pulled into different genres or synthwave or whatever. Uh, and it's really fascinating to not just get stuck in one rut, but like be able to broaden your vocabulary kind of a thing where you're like, oh, I'm learning this stuff. Or like, hey, I've never thought these instruments or these melodies or whatever would have gone together. But by listening to something new, you're like, oh. I think that's kind of like what, what crosses over for me too in the Star Court stuff. I've always been into film scores. So that's kind of what I have in mind when I'm making music, you know, if, if, if especially John Carpenter, which is, I feel kind of cliche now. Cause no, he's still, it doesn't matter. John Carpenter, but you know, I've, that's like, that was like what we grew up on me growing up, you know, right? Like how, how he always would, he kept it simple with his scores, but it would, it was, it fit the mood and it would make you feel a certain emotion, you know, in, in a scene. When I write my music, I kind of l- try to have that in my head. Like, what what is this going to project? What what am I picturing in my head when I, what, what type of vibe do I get when I listen to this, you know? Have you thought about getting into scoring? Yeah, I've actually uh, uh, talked to someone fairly recently about scoring in independent horror films, so... It's still still talking about that, so 
whether cool. or not that happens, you know, that that'd be cool. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah, that's that's kind of something I've always wanted to do. And I and to add on to that, I absolutely think Anthony has an ear for doing that film score stuff. I mean, he showed me stuff before that wouldn't necessarily make a good like track to just listen to at a club or whatever. But like for a movie, I'm like, oh my gosh, this like has such emotion or power or whatever. So I do think that he's got the natural ear for being able to listen to what some scene or movie needs and, and add a, a presence onto it. I think I'm good at reading emotion through music. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for other artists that, you know, what's going through their head when they're writing. But when I sit down and try to write a song, I, I, I usually have a certain emotion pictured in my head and I try to write around that emotion. So like even for the debut track for Star Corps The Hunted, I was kind of picturing, you know, someone just running from something in a dark alleyway or something that they couldn't escape, but something something was still following them, you know? I, I mean, I think I nailed it for what I was going for. Whether other people like it, that's up to them. So... <laughs> I, I like it, and I love the the music video you did for it too, with the scenes from Christine. I, yes, I Christine was actually a big influence on that song too. <laughs> Which is a good movie. I love that movie. I, I think that's actually where that originated was the Moochie Chase scene, like subconsciously in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we have anything coming up? Like any more live streams, maybe? I know that Stephen and I have been talking about doing some kind of like twitch live sets that are just kind of like more off the cuff and raw <laughs> uh <laughs> no yeah that that's been something we talked about we have a, a nice little hardware since set up and mics hooked up to it and vocoders and and stuff and we've been talking about just maybe not one specific genre but just kind of jamming out and having fun nothing pretty serious right now i feel like at this point right now it's kind of heads down to get some soundtracks done live streams as you know even doing radio shows you know it takes up a lot of time there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into it um yeah. and it's into sometimes valuable time um they're so much fun to do and we've been uh, it's been such a pleasure to be part of the live streams we have been part of but right now i think we're like i said keeping our heads down just trying to get some work done that we need to get done and as soon as we get through that and start getting a couple more singles out we can start looking at you know doing some live streams to even push the new album or you know, whatever it is we, we end up deciding to do. But nothing finalized yet. How about that? <laughs> lots <laughs> lots totally of fun stuff fine. in the works. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this last year has just been a year of things kind of up in the air for just about everybody. Right, and, and as musicians, yep. it's really hard to, to try to understand where everything's going to land. I do think it's brought a new sense of, like, community to musicians, like, no matter where you're at or if you're competing musicians yes you know, where does that sound kind of a thing like we've all been brought together you know, like higher ups you know the, yeah or like the bigger names you know that wouldn't normally reach out i think they're even starting to you know kind of want to connect with the community more and, mm -hmm. you know build, build their presence as opposed to just you know their their fans seeing them on a record or seeing them in a video what was it that that drew you guys to uh, the, the synthwave genre as much as cliche this is like nostalgia honestly there there was something about I, I don't know what it was and i i can never place like one thing or another but it's like the music had this you know like everybody says this weird throwback it's like nothing that you've heard before but it's reminiscent of a lot of things you've heard before all at the same yeah. time 
I mean, the first thing that I think I ever heard in the synthwave genre was like Laserhawk. Redline. Yeah, it was one of the songs off Redline. Uh, so far away is the name of the track. I heard that and I was like, oh my gosh, this like sounds amazing. It's like it's like dance music, but not quite. And it's it's got a lot of good melody, like old school trance did. But yeah, it's something new, and these toms things are really weird. It's got, you know what I mean? Like, it had a bunch of weird elements, and I'm like... It, it's odd, because usually in Synthwave, the music's so... It's not super complex, you know? You don't, you don't have to try right. to wrap your head around it. Like, as opposed to, you know, listening to, like, you know, tech jazz or something like that. <laughs> but, it, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely... Uh, it embraces an old-school vibe, and, you know, something that kind of resonates with the generation of you know late 20s and between late 20s and late 30s that that generation so, so all this stuff has like <laughs> <laughs> right and all this stuff has a callback to it yeah so it's, exactly. it's really interesting to, to and i've always loved the sound of synths so yep no that's one thing i think anthony and i can definitely say is we're definitely synth nerds we like i think uh, i think honestly i think that's like something inside of me when i first got into trance like in the late 90s it was like like this sounds awesome but why can't it still sound like that 80s you know <laughs> it feels like a <laughs> right. progression of the 80s stuff but right and then so now funny. it's like you know synth wave is here so full circle yeah exactly <laughs> you know? i mean it's technically what it's what trance and you know dnb and all that stuff was kind of derived from oh ab absolutely <laughs> breaks and like 80s dance music it is interesting more things change the more they stay the same right
We have been working on a little giveaway. Um, we've been kind of working with a few vendors and getting some new stickers that are really cool, holographic, and some cute little like Knight Rider pins that you like put on your backpack or like your like super rocker like jean jacket vest. So uh, we're excited about that, and you know it's probably going to come with like an autographed you know picture of Steven's beautiful face. No, you, you know. definitely don't want to hang it up. I will do the teams, the teams photos. Anybody oppose? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're trying to put it together. Um, we're just kind of like really focusing on like what would be fun things that people would want, like tangible goods in hand that you know would be fun to help like promote and still like give back to the community a little bit. I saw that you guys had cassettes, but then I saw you had, what, 10 of them? And they were sold out? Yeah. Limited we, edition. I think we ended up doing total 21. And at our album release for Arcade Nights, they, they all sold out pretty instantly. That was a really, really fun project. We had a lot of people involved, a lot of friends and family helping us out. Uh, each one of those hand, those cassettes that made it out there uh, into the world were all hand done. Like We literally bought bulk cassettes, tore them apart, painted them recorded all the stuff on them, like put them back together, die cut stencils on them, painted over them again. You know what? Like we did a, Whoa. we did a whole bunch of work and, and hand put these things together. And it was really for like, it was more for our friends or family. And we ended up having a few left over and uh, that we ended up selling. So the, yeah, the actual yeah. number, I know it, it was, it was really cool. Um, I, I do think we'll at some point, especially for the new album, we'll absolutely do cassettes. I still think it'd be awesome to do a micro cassette release, which I do think is a cool idea. We gotta find a little dictaphone tape. Yes, very, yeah, very, yeah. very niche, but I still think it'd be awesome. I'm not buying another tape player. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I wasn't sure about. I'm like, I love that idea, but like, how many people have to run a five <laughs> for a hundred dollars each? Covers the cost of everything oh, else. <laughs> If you're fortunate to to own like the only two known, <laughs> you know, micro cassette decks in existence, or stereo micro cassette decks. Hey, I have one of those handheld ones. I mean, those are really cool, and those are I think there's a cool media there. You know, I found that there's actually like a, a whole audience out there that that's into that stuff. The, oh, the I could imagine. Like, oh yeah, listening to music through those, I was like. That's cool, but it's kind of very niche. Retro analog media is where it's at right now. I mean, it's all yeah. going back. You see Lady Gaga's releasing on cassette, too. I'm like, oh, man, better get on that trend. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound the best, but it's, just, it's more like a novelty thing, you know? Right. Well, I mean, why do they sell vinyl at Target now? I mean, who the heck listens to this stuff on right. vinyl? I mean, it's a definitely... Uh, it's always like the artists I don't care about. <laughs> I will tell you, I almost bought that new Lady Gaga album on vinyl. I was like, this is kind of cool. All right, Lady, Lady Gaga gets a free pass. <laughs> I, like, I like me some Lady Gaga. So funny. Putting on poker face, it's going down. Absolutely. That's for sure. Put that on, crank up the bass a little bit. Especially with that vinyl crackle. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like we're getting together for karaoke after this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I can't it, I still think it's so funny. I, we kind of rolled over this, but like, because you were at the first night at Neon Rose Fest, right, Karin? Like, yeah, in Seattle. We were, yeah, we were there too. And I still don't understand how we didn't connect. And and we weren't cool enough for her. Uh, <laughs> we went to the the uh, midnight or FM eighty four show in Portland here. 
um, midnight. Yeah, so she was there for the midnight too, Anthony. I was the last person in line for the VIP meet and greet. Uh, so we were like, we were midway through. So we, yeah, we met Tim and Tyler that night too, which was so funny. We just missed you then. We really did. And it was funny. It was actually that night is when uh, we all went out afterwards and to the food carts. We have like our normal places we go out yeah. to concerts. And that was the night after that midnight show is when we kind of all decided like, all right, we're going to be a band together. It was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, so it was so, August. August. Yeah. 30th. Of, yeah, or it was August 30th of like 2019. That. So it was like a month after the... the uh, arcade night cp came out and we we're closing in on our first show just anthony and i knowing each other just made sense for us to play the show to that i was like oh we could absolutely use a guitar player and he's like oh i love this blah blah and it was, it was really cool Eric george yeah she was, she was really good too oh yeah and she just moved to portland too might be doing some work with her later too at some point <laughs> but no that was that was a really cool night and it was so that was very memorable so it's so funny i always find that when whenever we talk about it, I'm like oh, yeah Right, you were there at that show, and we were at Neon Rose Fest together, and still never met in person. <laughs> <laughs> I I was the girl with the you purple hair. <laughs> right, I was the guy with the purple hair as well. As I <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we know why we didn't find each other. Purple <laughs> yeah, hair right. under purple lights can't find. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you had your sunglasses on, couldn't see I us. The, I was the square with the varsity jacket. Oh wait, that describes like most of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was wearing my Outland varsity jacket that night. <laughs> so I was at home fun. watching the kids. She was that, that night. Oh. No, she was she was chilling at home. She's a she's a trooper. That's the whole thing. She's she is the backbone of everything going on here. Without her efforts of home life stuff and music stuff, it wouldn't be anywhere near its top. Thank you, Stephanie, for all your hard work. <laughs> Thank you. <Aww. laughs> And I also bring him the pizza rolls, you know. I'm the cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important part. We're not That's fit. never been a thing since I've been over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, she meant other Anthony. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just it's it's always a joke. They're always like, hey, mom, can you bring us the pizza rolls? <laughs> you know, from the commercial, like the early 90s. Yes. So cheesy. <laughs> Don't worry, Anthony. I got pizza rolls in the freezer for the next time you come over. I legit <laughs> bought them for a new air fryer. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> so, uh... Oh my gosh. If I come, if I come over with some uh, dry bag of potatoes, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! This is my life, Karin. This is what I have to deal with all the time. You lucky man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. I was going to say, that didn't sound like a complaint. <laughs> well, hey, you you haven't come over to our house yet. Next time you're down in Vancouver area, Portland, Vancouver. Uh, come I'll cook you dinner. Yeah. Pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm easy. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> best for the best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um... So I think I'm going to play us off with Team. What, what? That sounds good. I got to know. I got to know, though. Um, what made you choose uh, that song to cover? Stephanie, oh, I'll, I'll let you do this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen and I, actually, uh, we went out of town um, for, like, a little birthday getaway for his birthday. And... Uh, we stayed at a super cheesy 50s-themed hotel in Astoria, Oregon, and literally nerded out 
to everything we could free from children. And on the way home, that song had come across radio stations that were available. And I just turned it up and blasted it. And it just kind of like led from one thing to another because like the very next day after we got home, Steve was like, I need you to come lay down vocals now. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, come here. I rewrote the song. Come, come sing for me. And so that's how it happened. And from my end, and I felt horrible because like, I was like, not ready to sing. I wasn't warmed up. I didn't have any like tea. I didn't do anything to like prep myself for it. And it was just put together some teamwork, but a lot of fun. But Steven actually worked really hard on that on the back end and then remixing it and making it teamwork. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, it was a super fun project. Yeah, it, it was a ton of fun. And, and part of it was, you know, when, when she was in the car, when we were in the car listening to it, she kept on singing it. And it, like, played three times uh, <laughs> on our way home. And she kept on singing it. I was like, she's got a good voice for this. She can cover the song. And that's what inspired me that night when we got home to go stay up to, like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and write most of the track. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. All right. <laughs> I was like, it's definitely in the morning we're doing vocals. It, it was a ton of fun. So before we hear this song, I, I just want to say goodnight to, to all of you. And uh, thank you so much for being here, for joining me on my on my show, finally. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for everybody listening. Love all you guys. Thanks yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Yep. All right, let's hear it. This is Knight Rider 87 with the lovely Mrs. Knight Rider on vocals with a cover of Lord's Team. Have a good night. <laughs>